0: Amen. Well, listen. How are you doing? How uh, how's life treating you? How are you holding up under this continued uh, pandemic and the situations that are going on there? Hope that you are blessed. Hope that you are surrounded by just those that are loving on you and taking care of all of your needs, and that you're doing the same for those that you can. And uh, certainly a time when we need to care for one another. But I hope that you're blessed this morning. Thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, when we're done this morning, we'll have uh, a few moments of special prayer and we'll lift up. Uh, each other and the things that are going on in your lives this morning. I want to uh, bring to remembrance some things. Um, one of the things that I think about in each of the, well, different, different sessions, the Sunday morning sermon, I, I sort of go one direction because of the demographics of those that are going to be listening. You know, when I'm asked to go preach a men's retreat, you sort of target and you sort of think about, and you ask the Lord to give you messages that are appropriate and that are uh, you know applicable to a group of men in a particular point in life. You speak to young people; you shape the message that way. And so, when I think about Wednesday morning, it is our senior adult service. So I try to think of things that are relevant to the culture of our senior adults. One of the challenges of that is I'm well; I'm getting closer all the time. I did get, uh, have been reminded because uh, it, it started coming to my, uh, to my aunt. But oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I got an invitation to be a part of AARP, and that's a sobering moment when you. All of a sudden, you get an invitation to be a part of AARP, but I'm not there yet. and I haven't looked at that in the perspective that many of you have, but I still ask the Lord to give me things that are appropriate and that are are encouraging to senior adults. I tend to think, even at my point in life, there are just things that are easy for me to forget, not because of my age. That's not what I'm talking about. But just because of life, the the more life you live, the more things you have packed into a life, I think you begin to jettison things. The natural course of life causes us to forget things that might have been a really important part of our life earlier in life, or at least the, the fervor of them might diminish if we allow it to. I think that's one of the reasons that the Lord was so adamant about communion. He said, every time you do this, remember some things. And over and over in the scriptures, we're encouraged to remember the attributes of the Lord and to remember what the Lord, uh, the Psalms say, forget not all of his benefits, forget not that he heals your diseases, forget not the great unending love of the Lord. And so this morning, I just want to bring some things that might seem a little childlike and they're intent to, intended to, because I want us to go back. I want you to remember some things uh, that might have been natural ways of thinking before but maybe you've forgotten those and maybe the just the cares of life certainly in this period of time with the pandemic and all the things and all the all the things swirling around us i think it, it i know that it does me good i trust that it will do you good as well to remember a few very very simple statements almost childlike and that's the intention here we go number one things to remember. You are small, but he's big. Amen. Seasons of life like this, for me personally, make me feel small. They make me feel insufficient to meet the challenges of life that are swirling around us. They suddenly begin to see the immensity of the needs. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel a sense of responsibility for some of that And I feel just insignificant and small. That's what the enemy tries to tell me. And there is a sense that us in our own strength, well, we are small. One individual operating by themselves in just their resources and in their ability to touch the world, change the world, that's a pretty small impact. Only a few positions, uh, president, prime minister, king, Uh, Only a few positions have the ability to really affect huge numbers of people. You and I certainly have impact, but I think it's all right that you would think of yourself and that I would think of myself as small, but here's the thing we need to remember. We're not doing this alone. You are small, but he is big. There's a gentleman uh, named William Beebe. Uh, He wrote in a book called Leadership, or in the Leadership Magazine uh, very early in its publication, the very first First uh, edition of it. Um, He tells the story of a gentleman having relationships with, uh, in a relationship with Theodore Roosevelt. And the story is related like this They were together at a place called Sagamore Hill, and Theodore Roosevelt and his friend used to play a little game together. After an evening of talk, they would go out onto the lawn and search the skies until they found a faint spot of light beyond the lower left-hand corner of the great square of Pegasus, the the galaxy, the uh, constellation. Then one or the other of them would recite, this is the spiral galaxy in Andromeda. It is as large as our Milky Way. It is one of a hundred million galaxies, and it consists "...of one billion suns, each larger than our suns." Let me read that again. They would find what is Andromeda. Andromeda, And then one of them would say this, "...it is as large as our Milky Way, that one galaxy. It is one of a hundred million galaxies. And it consists of one billion suns, each larger than our sun." Then Roosevelt would turn, grin, and say... Now I think we are small enough. Let's go to bed. It was good for him to remember as a person in that position that even with all that he had and all that he could do and all of the authority and all of the power, he was still small in comparison to the one who made all of that. Psalm chapter 8, verse 4 says this, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14. "But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We're giving back to you. And one more, Psalm 139, verses seven through 10, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You and I, in the overall scheme of all that is, are small. But listen the Father, the God, the Creator that made all of that walks with you, lives in you, watches over you, is attentive to your needs. He's a good shepherd. He's a great Father, and He lives with you. The Gospel of John says that if we abide in Him, and His Word abides in us, there's almost no limit to what we can do. And here's the great news. He does abide with you. How do I know that? Because his word tells me, I will never leave you. His ad, just his admonition, his proclamation to you and I, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Which means right now, right where you are, right what you're enduring, right what you're experiencing, he's right there and he is not small. He's big. Big is a child's word. Um, Maybe if we asked a four-year-old how big is God, he would say, you've you've heard this. He's really, really, really big. Bigger than big. He's the biggest. And you are small, but he is big and he's with you. And we need to remember that. It does me such good to remember who my Father is. When the cares of life begin to overwhelm me, when the pressures of ministry begin to pile in on me, when the circumstances in some of your life are just more than I can help you with or out of, it does me good to remember who my Father is. And it'll do you good to remember to reflect on and just think about who he is. So first of all, you are small. That's all right, but he's big. Our trust is not in our own strength. It's in his. Secondly, remember what God feels like. You say, well, that's very subjective. That that sounds like an emotional thing. That doesn't sound like a word thing. Well, there are some great things in the word. We're going to look at those in a moment. But a story is told in in a newsletter called the Executive Edge Ken Blanchard, who I, I like. He's a great, uh, great writer, great uh, Christian man, but also writes some great leadership books. He tells the story of a little girl named Sasha. And it was first, this story, if you've ever read The Chicken Soup for the Soul, this story was first there in that book. And when Sasha was four, year old, four years old, she had her first sibling, a little brother, newborn little brother. And she began to ask her parents to leave her alone. With the new baby, now that was at first a little cost they were a little cautious about that because, like most the four year olds they didn 't know is she suffering from you know jealousy? is there something and is she going to try to pick him up there's the danger that she might drop him uh, would she hit him in some way or shake him hurt him in some way so they over and over said no, but over time, as they watched how gentle she was and that she wasn 't showing any signs of jealousy or, or anything that was concerning to them, they changed their minds and they decided to let Sasha have her private conference with the baby. Very happy, uh, Sasha went into the baby's room and shut the door, but it opened just enough for her curious parents to peek in and to listen, as you can expect that they would. And They saw little Sasha walk quietly up to her little baby brother and she put her face very close to his and she said, Baby brother, can you tell me what God feels like? I'm beginning to forget. I thought, wow, what a what a what a potential insight into, I don't know, just a just a just a anecdotal consideration of what it's like before we come here in our mother's wombs. Could you remind me of what God feels like I'm starting to forget? Some people would say that feeling God is too emotionally, too subjective, too, too emotional, too subjective, too, too not solid. It's not the word. And that you shouldn't need to feel. You should just have faith and believe that he is without feeling a thing. Listen, I, I think that's a great doctrinal truth, a great doctrinal place. But it's a terrible way to live. <laughs> And I don't believe God intends for us not to be able to feel him, to feel the warmth of his presence, to feel the peace that he brings, to feel the sharpness of conviction when you're in sin, to feel the strength of knowing that you are walking in his path. And I think sometimes this life can cause us to forget what he feels like. Luke chapter 18, verse 16 and 7 speak about some things, about the way that we can relate to Jesus. It says, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Little children, just believe. You can... Dupe them so easily because they just believe. But that's what we're called to be like in relation to our Father, just knowing that He's there. Let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. It says, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Do you remember what the Lord tastes like? Do you remember the sensation, the feeling? Do you remember the experience? I know all of that is subjective. I know all of that can be be influenced by our flesh. But that doesn't mean that there's not some really good things in there. Have you forgotten what the Lord feels like, what his love feels like, what being in an environment supercharged with his presence? Do you know that you can do that right now, right where you are? You don't have to, you don't have to be in this room. You don't have to be with a, a wonderful worship team like this one that was behind me before, the one that's here on Sunday morning. Right where you are, just close your eyes and invite the presence of the Lord in the presence of the Lord into where you are Here's the reality. He's already there. So you're really not bringing him. What you're doing is just turning your spirit towards it and opening the sort of the receptors, your spiritual self up to the presence of the Lord. And I want you to know that I firmly believe there's a feeling about that. And that feeling is good and warm. And I think we forget that. We, we sort of move the Lord up into our head And we know a lot of facts and we may know a lot of verses, but we forget that he's with us and that part of, and here's here's a little theology for you, a little little non-childlike stuff that's a core value of mine. Did you ever wonder about the divisions of the scriptures and the different persons of the Godhead that relates to humanity in each part? In the Old Testament, you had the Father who only appeared to mankind in a physical form a few times, and the rest of the time he spoke through prophets. And then the incarnation, the incredible moment in the world's history where God became man and walked and talked. And it was wonderful that men and women could interact with God through Jesus, through God in the form of the Son on the earth. There's a moment in the story of Jesus that sort of transitions us to the time we live in. But there's a story, and the disciples, the apostles, come to Jesus, and there are some Greeks outside. And they ask Jesus if they should let these men in. Lord, there's some Greeks, there's some Gentiles outside, and should we allow them to come in to talk to you? And Jesus gives a really cryptic sort of an answer. He says, if a grain of wheat falls into the ground, unless a grain of wheat dies and falls into the soil, it won't bring forth a crop. But if it dies and falls into the ground, it will bring forth a great crop of righteousness, a great crop, All right? And I think the two guys look at each other and they go, what? Should we, should we let them in? You see, what Jesus is saying is that as wonderful as it was to have Jesus in the flesh, He could only see so many people. And only so many of the people on the earth at that time got to have that interaction with him in fleshly form. In fact, as it relates to the whole world, a tiny group. And so you have God the Father in the Old Testament only appearing a very few times. Only a very few getting to experience him personally in in this body. And then the prophet spoke through the remainder of the Old Testament time. And then Jesus comes, and it is as good as it gets, but a very small number of people in time, and even in that time, only a very few of the whole world got to experience that. And then Jesus says this, relating back to that grain of wheat, and what he was really saying was, there's coming a moment when I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, I'm going to send you another one, and he's going to be with you And everyone can access face-to-face, person-to-person, inside, around you. No matter where you are, you'll have access to me and the Father through the Holy Spirit. And that's where you live right now. That's the period of time that we're in. And you can feel his presence right now, right where you are. Isn't that good? We need to remember that. He's right there, and you can be in his presence and feel his warmth and feel the closeness of the Lord right now, right where you are. So, first of all, you are small, but he's big. Secondly, you need to remember what God feels like. And then, lastly, we need to remember what God said. We need to remember what he said. I want you to consider this paradox. Almost everything that is publicly said these days is recorded. But almost none of it is worth remembering. (laughs) Wouldn't it have been cool to have recordings of Jesus speaking? Something that really would have been worth remembering. But we don't have recordings. We have his word. That's why over and over, it seems like every sermon, every time I preach... I'm encouraging people to become students of his word. First thing up this morning: five o'clock, I rolled out of bed, got my one-year reading plan, and read two sections in it. And there were so many moments in that 30 minutes, probably that I sat and read. Where? I just thought, oh man, if I could just dig in right here, this would be an awesome day to just spend this moment in the presence of the Lord, looking at what he said and just to consider it. And I don't know if you've had this happen. If you ever, if you haven't, I encourage you to do it where you take his word and you just let a verse of scripture, the only word I have for it, explode in your spirit, where his where the truth of something that he's done or something that he said just fills up your mind and your emotions begin to respond to it? You say, To a written word? Yeah, absolutely where the spirit in you takes the written word and makes it a rhema word and you remember something that the Lord said and how it applies to you and how it speaks to your circumstance and the remembering of it just fills you with wonder and awe and tears begin to course down because maybe you remember that you're not worthy to be a part of that or you see his provision or you ever have it like this where it's like a puzzle. This is how it feels sometimes to me. I'll 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 be dealing with something and I'll have no idea of what the Lord has constructed for me. It's like he's put peace after peace after peace after peace after peace after peace after after peace in place, but I still can't see it and I still don't feel it. I'm just sort of paddling through the upstream current of my world or my relationships or my health or my any of it. Come on, you know what life does. My kids or my concern for my grandkids or any of it. And I'm just, and then all of a sudden, I remember something that the I'll be in his word and I'll read a verse. And that explosion thing will happen. The Spirit of God, all of a sudden, it's like all the piece, all the pieces come together, and I see it. I see who he is. And all of a sudden, a piece I heard from a song two weeks ago and a thing I read in the paper three days ago and something that my, that my first pastor said 25 years ago and all of it, just, man, and nobody can do that but the Lord. And I remember what he said, and it's just so good. You know what I'm talking about? Let me give you some scriptures. I said it earlier In our prayer, Deuteronomy 31, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you just read that, it's just, oh yeah, the Lord said he wouldn't leave me, wouldn't forsake me. But have you had a moment where that just exploded off the page? How about Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6? The writer to the Hebrews said this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, here it is again, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? But you've got to remember that to stand on it. You've got to remember that. The fact that the Lord said it is of no consequence to you if it doesn't come up into the front of your spirit in a moment of need. And you've put the word in you so that you can recall that. Listen, the Lord is with me. I'll stand on him. What can man do? Man, that's a great promise in the day we live in. But you have to remember what he said in order to appropriate that. One more. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28. This is just something that occurred, and it sounds a little bit like our world. Jesus said this. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish. And perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Verse 26. Men will faint from terror. Apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place. Stand up. And lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Mm. But if you don't know that, if you don't recall that, you might find yourself, and at times I think we've all been in that group, who are just filled with terror and apprehension about what's coming on the world. But that's not who you and I are called to be. Mm. And I need it every day. Rather, we should just stand up and look up because the signs of turmoil in our world mean that our Jesus is nearer to coming than he's ever been before. And if that doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what will. That maybe today's the day. Maybe today is the day. Pastor, why would you say that? Because I'm remembering some things that he said. Do I know that it's today? No. Am I going to write my book? No. I don't know exactly when the coming of the Lord is. No one does. But I can remember what he said. And when I do, oh man, I get stronger and I'm more able to stand up to the things coming on our world. How about you? So you are small, but God is big. Amen? Secondly, remember what he feels like. And if you've forgotten, go into his presence. Open the door of your spirit into him. Shut off all the external things. Turn off social media. Turn off the news. Quit listening to all that stuff that everybody's, I mean, goodness gracious, it's just like the waves. And just stand up and remember what the Lord feels like. And then third remember what he said. We have a tendency to forget, don't we? And when we do, we become, I don't know, we become weak and we become frail. And God has given you everything you need to be strong. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. Because preaching this this morning has reminded me of some things that I needed to hear. You ever ever have that happen? Uh, you I think preachers do it all the time. Right in the middle of a sermon, the Lord says, Hey, talking to you too. It's good that we would remember these things. Remember that you are small, but the Lord is big. Remember what the Lord feels like, why he feels that way. And third, remember what he said. And if we remember, good things happen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just ask right now that for every one of these watching this broadcast, and for anyone who ever might, that we would remember. Mm. Just remember, Lord, all that you are, all that you've said. It's good that we would keep ourselves in the proper perspective. We are small. We can't do these things alone. No matter what the season is, we can't live without you. And help us to remember how you feel, that you bring great comfort, great warmth, great strength, great availability. And you just feel good. And third, help us to be reminded of the promises of your word and what you said to us and let us hold fast to them. I'm going to do that today, Father. I pray that each one under the sound of my voice, those that are watching this, that they would be able to do that as well. I pray that wherever they are, on the spectrum of confidence or fear lord that through these things they would grow more confident and more assured of your provision and your care we thank you we love you bring great a great sense of your presence to each each of our lives in jesus powerful name and everyone said amen and amen hey listen thank you so much for being here with us for our senior adult service let me remind you of a couple of things sunday morning uh, we only have one service this week. If you are worshiping with us in the room, uh, about 250 people did last week, uh, but, uh, we don't, but that's in both services. We had an 830 and a 1030. This week, because of the 4th of July holiday, we only have one Sunday morning service, one 1030 service. And so if you're going to be worshiping with us or you intend to watch the stream Uh, For the past four weeks, we've streamed both the 8.30 and the 10.30. Now, this week, only one service here and only one stream, and that'll start at 10.30. So uh, if you can't find us at 8.30, that's why. We only have one service this week. And uh, no prayer Sunday night. We'll be staying home and enjoying our families. And then uh, next Wednesday morning, we'll be right back here at 10.30 for another streamed senior adult service. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we'll be live here in the building for our Wednesday night adult classes uh michelle has uh been having hers and uh pastor uh, brother randy parks has been having his and i'll be having mine and the youth are meeting right here in the sanctuary and let me tell you our youth have been having some revival and uh if you're not going to be in any of those why don't you pray that the god would that the lord would continue to pour his spirit out i don't know if you can hear the rain hitting our roof it's raining hard here right now but just like that he would pour his spirit out upon our young people I was speaking to Pastor Jason just the other day, and I said, listen, let's just pray that revival would come to the River Bend and just let him begin it in our youth and spread into our adults and then touch this whole region for the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed day. We hope to see you back here in person or live on our, or on our live stream. Uh, it's been great to be with you. We look forward to being back with you again soon. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.